Hello and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and Their Multicultural Mess. Thank you for joining me again uh, today. Uh, I'm really appreciative of your support. Um, and today's topic is going to be on refugees. Something which I already started upon in the last episode, and today I'm going to talk about refugees at a glance. So, what is a refugee? A refugee is someone who is displaced internally within a country or externally into another country as a result of persecution, conflict, violence, human rights violations, and and at the end, you know, massive war. So, uh, we have, which most people don't know today, approximately 82.4 million people worldwide forcibly displaced. So, I'll repeat that figure again. 82.4 million people worldwide forcibly displaced. And these figures come from the UN Refugee Agency, so the UNHCR. This is directly from the site. It is on the public domain. You can take a look at it. Look at it. And, um, and the um, website is unhcr.org. I repeat, unhcr.org. Uh, you can check a look, take a look at that and check out the figures. So, Basically, when they consider these 82 million people, they are people who are under who are refugees under the UN mandate. They are Palestinian refugees, a lot of them internally displaced people, asylum seekers, um, and people displaced into a third and fourth country. Okay, so uh, there are about 20 million people under the refuge under UN mandate. Uh, Plus, there are about 5.7 Palestinian refugees, people displaced internally within a region, within a country, 48 million. Asylum seekers, 4.1 million. Venezuelans displaced, 3.9 million. That's a lot of countries. 73% are hosted in neighboring countries and 86% are hosted in developing countries. Um... But what is very important for you to understand over here is where these people originate from. So the UN uh, Refugee Agency website says 68% come from just five countries. Myanmar, South Sudan, Syria, Venezuela, Afghanistan. All these are man-made conflicts that could have been avoided. Syria could have been avoided. Venezuela could have been avoided. Afghanistan, Sudan, Myanmar, all could be avoided. About 8 million come from other countries, but these are the basic countries. Um, and the list goes on. Uh, most of these, of these people come from... Um, uh, um, like I said, hosted by neighboring countries, uh, Turkey uh, for Syria, Colombia for Venezuela, you got Pakistan hosting Afghans, Uganda, Germany, France, England. Uh, the demographics of people being forcibly displaced. Uh, 
sort of from the zero to four age group, you've got about 6% if male and female. Five to 11 age group, you've got 8% female, 9% male. Um, and if you go on to the 18 to 59 age group, you've got uh, 27% male, 25% um, female. So they're almost balanced out. But children do, uh, uh, you know, make up 30% of this population. 30% is a lot of people. Now, if you understand, um, that's a lot of people. 82.4 million out of which 26.4 are below the age of 18. And they say one in approximately 95 to 100 people on this earth have fled their home. Uh what is very, very important to understand is what I'm trying to bring about here is how these conflicts start. So they start, we think that conflicts on the ground start on our roads, on our borders, but no. A conflict always starts in your home. We are currents and waves. Go to the beach, look at the ocean. What do you see? You see waves. Who brought those waves to you? God? No, the currents. The currents that force the waves, that make the waves. You don't see the currents. They're below the surface, but they're there. And slowly by slowly, they come to the surface and, and the waves form and come to you. So it's your currents that form your waves. Everyone has currents. Those currents started your home. Your home is your source. So conflicts in your home. Mother versus father, mother versus children, abuse of, of a spouse, abuse of children, uh, ideological abuse, forcing you to follow a religion, forcing you to follow an ideology, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, um, sexual abuse. Uh, all the abuse will lead to frustrations and micro-explosions and anxiety in your mind. This then transfers to the violence to violence on the streets you're you you've got anxiety attacks you've got micro explosions going on your body your mind cannot take the abuse so you it, it you fumble out and and tumble out into the street and you find resource in all the problems in in, in drugs and sex and sex and theft and and rape and 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 violence street gangs on the streets so this violence in your homes will then transfer to the violence in your streets the violence in your streets transfer the violence at your borders and this is what causes conflicts so if you want to stop the violence at your borders you have to stop the violence in your streets if you have to stop the violence in your streets you have to stop the violence in your homes stop the violence in your homes and you will stop the violence in your streets stop the violence in your streets and you will stop the violence at your borders what is the most important thing that starts violence, that starts anxiety, that starts any type of aggression? What? Food. No food in your stomach. The moment you have food in your stomach, you can have the most difficult of conversations, and I guarantee you it'll never go, it, it will not become aggressive. What becomes aggressive is food, is the lack of food and the lack of money to buy this food. So what is what what is going to guarantee your food? Economics, money. Money is going to guarantee your food. Once you have food in your stomach, you're at peace. Nothing's going to stop you. 
from doing anything peacefully. That's most important. So economics, that means money, commerce, trade. Lack of economics, lack of money always leads to anxiety and is the biggest driver of any violence starting at your home. Your parents' biggest anguish is how they're going to put food on the table. That's your parents' biggest anguish. Yes, my friends. Yes, my friends. Your parents' biggest anguish is how they're going to put food on the table. That is the anguish. And that leads to tensions. That leads to violence. That leads to breakups. That leads to war, drugs. And then war at your bodies. So poverty and lack of finances, resources, is the biggest driver of any type of violence. The more economics, the more trade, the more commerce you have on your in your in your surroundings, in your area, the more peaceful it'll get. The less the commerce, the more the violence. Your economic driver is the biggest, your economics is the biggest driver of all these conflicts. But starting at your home. And that is very, very important for you to understand. Uh, and so if we go and look at these reports over here, um, what is the most important thing is these countries from where where the people come from. Okay, so you're looking at countries across the globe sending refugees, um, sending refugees helter-skelter. One very important binder of all of this is Abraham. The bulk of these people are coming from Abrahamic countries. The bulk of these people are coming from Abrahamic countries. So why are they coming from from Abrahamic countries? Because Abrahamic countries believe in religions where they indoctrinate you to be a puppet. They absolutely indoctrinate you to be a puppet. And as a result of it, you, you, all you're doing is waiting for God to come and help you. You're not doing the work yourself. You're not driving. You're not thinking. You're not innovating. You're a slave on a plantation. And because you're waiting for someone to come and help you, God to come and help you, help you, charity around the world to come and help you, you're never going to go anywhere. Means you're never going to be economically independent. You're never going to to get out of plantation. You're going to be indoctrinated uh, with ideology, and you become dependent. And one at one point, when you become so dependent on them, they use you for their uh, for their global agendas. That means, you know. Uh, missionary work, violence, colonization, uh, jihad. And basically that's what it is. So, did anyone ever take a look at this? Did anyone ever say, how come we have so many refugees coming from Abrahamic countries? How come? When is it going? Are we going to say that every time Abraham comes into the picture, everything becomes multiplied tenfold? 
everything becomes multiplied tenfold. It is ridiculous. No one wants to talk about this concept. It is the common denominator in all these refugee trends. That means something is happening in their homes that they're being indoctrinated with that is just making them redundant and not commercially viable human capital in order to drive an economic agenda, to drive the economics of the land, to be useful, to be resourceful, to think on their own self, to think out of the box. No, it's about being on a plantation and waiting for some God to come and help you. Now take a look at this. Uh, here's some more stats. Forced displacement from countries of origin, like we said. Um, international displacement situations by country of origin, also coming from the UN Refugee Agency website. Syria, biggest uh, refugee crisis. Venezuela, Afghanistan, South Sudan, Myanmar, Democratic Republic of Congo, Somalia, Sudan, Central African Republic, Eritrea. That is unbelievable. All all countries that are Abrahamic. Internal displacement, that means where there are refugees but within a country. Okay. Um, Colombia, internal displacement, Syria, Democratic Republic of Congo, Yemen, Somalia, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Nigeria, Sudan, South Sudan. Um, it, it just, it doesn't stop. Uh, so again, this is a travesty of justice. All these, all these um, refugees, these crises could have been avoided, but we're too busy being convinced that this is God's hand. So they force us, they indoctrinate us to believe that God is, this is God, what God wants. They will not find questions, they will not find answers. And the only thing they do once they're on this refugee plantation is that they're going to point fingers at others. They're just going to point fingers at others, that's all. Nothing else. They're not going to take a responsibility. They're not going to say what happened, why it happened, how it happened. They're just going to stay there. And that's it. Absolutely, that's it. Um, I'll give you a, a small example. Recently, we had in Morocco a guy, a small boy, fell into the well in northern Morocco. The whole world was praying for him, and he died. And everyone says, and when the trauma was over after three days, the whole village and everyone gathered around and helped him. For orig originally thought that the guy, the boy was alive, but then he they found out he was dead. But the only thing you could say, uh, the parents could say, and everyone could say, thank you to all the people who came to help. Thank you very much. But uh, my boy is at a better place. He's with God. He's at a better place. He. This is what God wants. If God wants this for him, then God wants it. We cannot decide against God. No one questioned. No one said, look, these people, this well was dug. 
big for water because there's no water in the region. One of the reasons they were digging such wells and there were holes and, and they didn't fill it up because the water is also needed for cannabis. This is an Islamic country and they, they're growing illegal cannabis. Why are they growing illegal cannabis? Because there's no work, there's no employment. So they do the drugs, they sell the drugs and they sell it to worldwide audience market. So they're selling drugs in order to put food in their stomach. And they're bringing children into this world and the children are now falling and playing in wells and dying. Did anyone, this is, this is economics gone wrong completely. This could have been avoided. Did anyone take any, any action? Was, did any government see what was going on? How come so much cannabis is growing in my country? But no, they're too busy praying to God. And then they say the answer is God wants this. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Next, and now, next thing you know, they're all refugees in someone else's country. So this is a state of mind of an Abrahamic slave. What does God want? God wants this, so if this is what God wants, I can't do anything else. They don't let you think out of the box. They don't let you project. They don't let you prevent. They don't let you evolve. And so at one day when you're, you're, there's no food, you're frustrated, you're not going anywhere in life, you become agitated. There are micro-explosions going on in your mind, like currents and waves. You, you, your energy wants to go forward, but everything is holding you back. And so you become frustrated, angry, and then there's violence. And so you have the bulk of the refugees of this planet coming out of Abrahamic countries. 68%, um, like I said, come only just from five countries, four of which are, uh, are Abrahamic. It is, it is an unforeseen circumstance, and I and I and I can't even fathom how we've come to this. All of these conflicts could have been avoided. Um, and so, yeah. What I'm trying to come to over here is now that we know that we have so many problems, so many refugees in this world, can we do something about it? Yes. You can understand what causes conflicts, how it starts in your homes, what are the drivers of conflicts, of anger and, and discontent in your home, why are you suffocated and stagnated, what is the ideology that's stagnating you, that's putting you on a plantation, keeping you on a block and forcing you to remain mentally and ideologically on this, on this block of, of ignorance and slavery and how can you remove it how can you get it out of your head and once you do that you can slowly move on and slowly and slowly let your currents flow and 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 just release that energy instead of keeping it inside and waiting for it to explode but if you are an abrahamic slave you cannot do that and you will end up in conflict every single time we're into this podcast for 19 minutes. I'm going to end this in one thing. No one talks about this concept of refugees and why the bulk of these refugees coming from, from Abrahamic countries. No one on the United in the United States and in Western countries talk about this. They're too busy pointing fingers at others. They're too busy with their racism, fake racism and fake phobia. No one ever talks about where 
what is the source of this refugee crisis? Where does the conflict start? Everyone wants to solve it, but everyone doesn't want to attack at its source. Everyone is too busy pointing the finger at India. This one country, one country that doesn't send refugees out in the world, or very minimal refugees out in the world, only one country, this country, an ancient land, but no one will talk about it. The only thing the United States does, and its allies do, is say, oh, India's fascist, Hindu nationalist, fascist, Hindu national, nothing else but negative reinforcement, negative activity, only to camouflage their supremacist goals. That their Abrahamic countries are the driver of all fascism. Abrahamic countries are the driver of all wars. The bulk of the wars coming out of this world, the genocide, have one Abrahamic component in the equation. There's got to be an Abrahamic driver into this. And this planet is an Abrahamic refugee factory. It is insane. It is time we talk about this. And it's time we have a conversation. It's time you go back to your homes and have a conversation about this. And then don't change the world, but you can change yourself. And once you change yourself, slowly that will go out into the world and we will see a change, but it has to start with you. You have to get off the slave plantation and stop blaming other countries. And we also have to understand that India is not going to take this anymore. Absolutely not. When the bulk of the fascism, the war, the, the conflicts are coming from Abrahamic countries, we say enough. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I hope that this small conversation will take, will lead to a conversation in your homes and in your lives and how you can stop that conflict from going any further than your front door. Thank you very much. I wish you all a lot of peace. And until we meet again.